Hello, Kelly. Oh, hello, Nicola. How are you? I'm well, and you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, uh, Saturday morning, it's a bit of peace and quiet around here. I got to go out for a run and then Stuart will be back with the girls soon and chaos will ensue and he's off to the football <laughs> for the afternoon. So just enjoying some um, peace he's- and quiet. Yeah, it's nice. How it's are you? not a bank holiday there, sure. You don't have an October no. bank holiday, do you? No, James was texting last night saying, glad to be off Monday. And I was like, oh yeah, you're off Monday. And then I was like, I turned to Stuart, I was like, you off Monday? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like you only realize that yeah it's mad no. he's making his nice little though. plans to himself for monday i was like oh, yes so yeah treat, treat yourself yeah but anyway how are you uh, are you going to be watching the rugby world cup final tonight no i'm not going to watch it no. actually i did watch england south africa last week and I actually felt quite bad for england because they literally lost like they were winning the whole way along and just lost mm-hmm. in the last kind of three or four minutes yeah. so they, they nearly lost it in the last three or four minutes last night as well but they pulled it back anyway yeah i didn't watch it last night either mm-hmm. um no i'm kind of done with it emotionally <laughs> i know i'm a bit the same I'm emotionally yeah. done with it um i don't really care who wins or loses. I just don't care. Like they're both going for their Fort World Cup. They're both Southern Hemisphere teams. I'm just not that bothered, to be totally mm. honest with you. Like last time I remember when South Africa were playing England, I actually did really want South Africa to win. Yeah. Whereas this time around, I just don't care. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you mean. So, I know what you mean. No interest. Uh, yeah, still um, it's it's like hashtag too soon. It still just hurts too much, doesn't it, that Ireland are out when Absolutely. they were yeah. I'm very happy though that. for, for um, Bundyaki who was nominated as one of the best players for the World that's Cup good. so hopefully um, that's probably going to be like one of the New Zealanders or the South Africans seen as there in the final but um, mm. I was happy for him and Andy Farrell was nominated as well as best coach so mm-hmm. happy for them Um, yes no I actually uh, it's Jazz Weekend in Cork and Jazz Weekend in Cork is nearly always raining so last night I went out with the lovely Alison. We went for some nice Japanese sushi, Japanese food, mm. some lovely sushi. And then went to this lovely bar called Paladar. Um, it's kind of like South American-y vibes. Oh. Very nice cocktails. And Brian joined us. So that was very enjoyable. And then we met my friend Karen and her lovely husband, well, partner, Asian. And uh, yeah, so that was lovely. And his buddy as well. So we'd go to a laugh. It's home early, but sure, they can't stay out late at all these days anymore. <laughs> And uh, Jer's going out tonight, um, but I have Lily for company. So I was thinking, what TV shows or movie? Spooky. Movie, not TV show. Am I going to show her that like she hasn't maybe seen yet? Oh, what about Psycho? Is she dog, watched Psycho. Mm, I know it's a bit too old school and the new Psycho was crap. So but we no, loved not even Psycho spooky. when we were teenagers and it was proper old school. I loved Psycho when I was 14, 15. Yeah. Loved it. It's but wild. it's not even spooky anyway. I didn't really want to watch anything spooky because okay. like Jer's not going to be here and I don't want, you know, anybody to Do you to want to do something kind of girly like? No, I was thinking like kind of more an epic. So like I was thinking Braveheart. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, she's never seen Braveheart and I thought it's kind of a good female one too, you oh, know. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my God, my so, favourite film of all time ever. Yes, yeah. So, so sort, many sort of. Favourite like, particular you know, type of film, yeah. Yes, and like sad love story, but epic battles. Oh, epic, and, epic. Yeah, so I was thinking that. So I think I'm going to be like, Lil, we're going to watch Braveheart. <laughs> so, Are you prepared? Yeah. And she's, Brace yourself. Uh, yeah, she loves Scotland. She loves Edinburgh and stuff. We're obviously going over to you in December as well, but she loved it when she went last year. So she's a big mm. Scottish fan. So a uh, Scotland fan. So yeah, 
So I think it's going to be oh, good. good. Oh, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for yeah, you. Yeah, so we're going to watch that tonight. So, yeah, oh. so it's nice to have these little plans. And obviously next week's Halloween. And it's been lovely looking at all the little kitties in their costumes. I love it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so life isn't too bad. Except for it literally has not stopped raining here in like five days. And you days. were down in uh, K-Town for a few days as well. I was. Our matriarch, her mother, was, uh, it was her birthday last Sunday. So we had a lovely time. Stayed down, chilled out. Just me and the Beba. And like went to town and strolled around and had a coffee and a cake and went for walks and it was lovely. It was like a little staycation. So um yes, it was very nice. Have you any other plans now for the weekend? Uh we've had a busy kind of a week because we went out last weekend, Stuart and I for lunch. We had a lovely time, went to see the Grayson Perry exhibition. Oh, that was yes, cool. We've had a really yeah. busy week. I had um I had a gig as well on Wednesday night. I had just lots of stuff. I was in and out of town all week. Uh, I had a kind of leaving do thing for work, at work last night. So I've just been kind of nonstop. So just taking it handy today and tomorrow. I actually have an appointment in the city in the middle of the day. So that's kind of messing up my Sunday. But yeah, I need to go and buy a couple of winter things for the girls and for myself as well. You know, all of yeah. a sudden it's like, oh, I don't have that thing that I need oh, for the stop. winter. stop. I was trying to find tights last night and like... Tights, respectable Penny's, tights. I had the exact same issue last night. tights that actually like are comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like Penny's tights now are so badly made. They don't mm-hmm. have like the long body bit. So they kind yeah. of stop at your belly button regardless of your size and they're just not yeah. comfortable. Marks so, and Spencers have nice yeah. tights and um, Duns are pretty good as well, actually. But, yeah, I bought a yeah. pair of Duns, a pack from Duns actually as well. So, um, but I found well, you know, like, all kind I of have... a going out, going out. Yeah, tight, but, you know? <laughs> see, this is my problem as well because last night I was like, I don't want to wear my super like sheer cool Big yeah. night out tights. But then yeah. I seem to have loads of, because my, my psoriasis was bad last year, I bought loads of like 120 denier tights, which are thick, really, thick. yeah, and yeah. they're really warm, <laughs> you know, and they're really yeah. black. They're almost like leggings, you know. Um, so I was like, oh God, I don't have normal tights. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, I, I, there's things. one thing with tights too, like I, they're kind of the bane of my life, but also like they can be so, you know, can be so classy as well in the, mm-hmm. you know, in the autumn, the winter. Like you can really kind of wear mm-hmm. nice stuff. And like, I think it is actually my favorite time to dress this time mm-hmm. of year. Mm-hmm. As somebody who probably has an extra few pounds on still from the baby. It, uh, it definitely is like my favorite time to dress mm-hmm. myself. And like, I have a few like nice bits that are like even 10 years old. And I always bring them out, you know, at win- mm-hmm. you know winter time and stuff. So. Yeah, I did. I did appreciate that now last night, like getting dolled up for like the chat. Oh, it's nice. You know, and everything's kind yeah. of dark and velvety, and I love all that stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, but, uh, getting the, get warmed up for Christmas. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, enough of the chit chat. We better get on with things. Five things. To, oh, welcome to Fox Wars Five, everyone. Have we said that? Um, here's five things you need to know about this week. Uh, number one. One. So first this week, I thought we'd look at. I don't know if it's if, if it's the time of year for maybe sorting out your house and stuff probably not but I suppose some people kind of have Christmas in mind they might be like yeah big teams before Christmas and all that yeah but also the kind of entertaining and you're like I need more chairs or I need more this or I need a better table or whatever so what I thought I'd talk about is buying secondhand furniture which I've done a little bit myself in the last couple of years when we're kitting out the house so I got bits and bobs but um, yeah, so who doesn't have a cheerful mix of old and new? This is from RTE, by the way. From hand-me-downs to flea mark finds and a car- and car boot sales, a good old rummage can certainly reap its rewards and chime with present day pieces. But how about taking your perching prowess to the next level and styling up your space with planet-friendly finds en masse? 
We're all trying to buy less and buy better, says Lisa Dawson, home stylist, interiors blogger and author of Resourceful Living. Excuse me. So when you're planning your interior scheme, she says you want to make sure to include a sustainable mix of furniture. Of course, we all want to be uh, sustainable in this day and age. Um, sourcing vintage and secondhand furnishings is a great responsible way to do that instead of buying everything new. Harriet Pringle, founder of Narchi, uh, homework marketplace app, also applauds shopping secondhand. Not only is it the most sustainable way to shop for your home, it helps give new life to something that would otherwise be chucked away. But you can also get cheaper, better quality and unique designs at a fraction of the price. It's also the quickest and most efficient way of purchasing for your home as you don't have to wait for long lead times. The other thing I would say is, and I don't know if it's going to say this later in the article or not, is you don't have to construct the thing. Thank God. You yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um. Right. So where to shop? Uh, Dawson says, for me, the number one place to source vintage from that everyone can easily, ac- easily access is eBay. eBay is a massive platform and can seem daunting with thousands of sellers. So it's really important that you do some due diligence while you're shopping there. Make sure to spend time looking at the customer ratings the seller has received before you start bidding to check how reliable they are to be buying from. You really don't want to be bidding on products for them then not to be what you expect or or arrive in poor condition. She says you can also filter your shopping search by distance so you can see which furniture items are closest for you to collect or to organise a courier service for. Pringle says platforms like Narchi have more than 2,800 sellers selling everything from vintage tableware, textiles, furniture and art. So there's a huge selection to suit every budget and style. That's N-A-R-C-H-I-E, Narchi. Uh, you can search for specific mm. items or categories and you can filter by resale, new price and more. So it's easier to find specific items you're looking for as we as well as discovering things you may not have otherwise come across. She says the algorithm also creates a for you section in the app and recommends pieces you may like. So top tips. Um, Dawson says, I'm always searching for vintage furniture on eBay due to the sheer volume of products available. A top tip with when you're searching for a term such as vintage sofa, for example, is once you've searched, you click on filter and make sure to select the auction category. You don't want to be on all listings as this includes items that definitely aren't vintage. You'll see this filter then refines your search and only includes purely vintage designs. Yeah, eBay, that applies to eBay in general in the last few years. You don't want all listings. You just want auction listings because they're just shops selling crap. Um... So you can then save this search for the future. And if new sellers start additional adding additional vintage pieces, you'll be alerted immediately. It's a great service that can unearth some real hidden gems. Next tip, do your research. If you're new to shopping secondhand online, it's worth making a list of the specific homeware or furniture items you need. This will help you stay focused and avoid impulse purchases. From a practical standpoint, it's worth researching and getting familiar with styles, materials, brands and design names you love, like Ercol or PF. You can then set alerts and discover good deals more easily. Don't be afraid to negotiate the price, says Bringle. Most sites have a feature which allows you to negotiate and you can find amazing deals on high quality secondhand items. Know when to be impulsive and when to be realistic, she says. For bigger furniture pieces, it's worth waiting and making sure it's exactly what you want as they are often an investment. What to look out for? It's all about the bones. When you're looking at Pete, a piece of furniture like a vintage sofa, it's very easy to cast aside something that doesn't look too pretty based on the fabric pattern pattern or colour alone. But the key here is to make sure you're looking at the structure or the bones of the piece to focus on what the frame is like and whether it has potential to be invigorated with a new fabric or a lick of paint. While I was looking for a new sofa for my home, I found a design with a very grubby looking fabric, but the bamboo framework itself was absolutely beautiful. So the, she purchased the sofa at a very good price, as obviously a lot of customers were put off by the fabric. Mm. She then invested her money in having the cushions reupholstered in a fabric that ties in with the rest of her interiors. 
Finally, think outside the box. Pringle says to be open-minded and don't be put off by minor imperfections. Focus on the overall construction and craftsmanship of an item. Any small blemishes, scuff marks or chip paint can be easily be fixed. Keep in mind that sometimes all a piece of need, all a piece needs is a little love. A fresh lick of paint, a re-varnish, new drawer handles or even drying or sorry, dyeing material can completely transform an item. The great thing about upcycling is you create a piece that perfectly matches your style. So you can find out more on Create Academy. That's Lisa Dawson's. She does a, like an online course if you're really motivated by all that. So there you go. Oh, that was your number uh, one. It, it's an interesting one because are there still like a lot of upholsters? It's kind of yeah. hard to find, I'd say now. No, you can it? get them. You can definitely get yeah. them. I, I think it's expensive, though. I think you yes. really want to get a bargain on the frame. Sure. If you're yeah. going to do the cushions or reupholster something, like you really want to be getting a bargain. But if you think about the fact that like if you buy a new decent couch, it's going to cost you anywhere between like 800 and 3000 yeah. easily, you know. Yeah. So if you can buy a frame for four or 500 and then spend a thousand on the upholstery, upholstery, you might end up with a really unique piece of furniture that fits in your house perfectly. Yes, you know yeah. what I mean? Um well, especially only, some of those vintage pieces are so cool. Like, you know, yeah. they're just a lovely aesthetic. Like, that's kind of 70s look of area now as well. Yeah. Like, that kind of, like, yeah, that kind of bamboo nearly, but then, like, with fabric yeah. in the middle, kind of, yeah, nice. So, I, I do find tiki, it yeah, tiki stuff, yeah. Yeah, I did. I would love a few more, like, bits like that in this house, but it's not the easiest. And I feel like no. in Ireland, a lot of it's in Dublin. Like, you have yeah. to really Well, that drive was the other thing I was going to say up. was, if you are doing this and you are lucky enough to live in a city, usually there are places that you can go, like, even here in Edinburgh they have like some of the charity shops have furniture shops that you can go yes. and buy a couch or whatever it was funny actually I was looking at um, oh what's her name the DJ the 2FM DJ that she's off in London now she does stuff for the BBC the odd time Tara is it Tara? Oh yes yeah 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 so she yeah. she bought a couch in a charity shop it was like this full white leather couch and she was like yeah. I loved it so much but oh. it wouldn't fit in her flat so she oh, just ended no. back but like Very that fun. like you see some cool things in London like yeah. you know um, where people this was quite shopping. tacky if you ask me like but she just <laughs> she had a vision a vision for it but we were lucky because we found this guy that specializes in mid-century furniture so a lot of stuff from like oh, cool. the 50s 60s 70s and yeah, you have lovely bits in your house we ended up buying like you know a lot of g plan stuff which is probably the stuff that was like in your Maybe in your mom's bedroom growing up or yeah. maybe your grandmother's. But um, it's got a real kind of cool vintage feel to it now. And it's such good quality furniture. Like it's perfect, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, would recommend. But it is hard work and not not much not cheaper cheap. than buying no. the real stuff. You know, buying is, you something. know, you know, the longevity in it because it's lasted so long. And, it, and it's got a, a well-known brand and all that. You could probably send it, sell it on again eventually. But uh, yeah, there you yes, go. So yeah. my God, we're halfway through the podcast and we're only on item number one. So okay, I'll go straight to you now, number two. Two. So this week, obviously, it's Halloween next week. <laughs> well, in a few days. So I thought I'd go through um, the top list of horror movies because I know I did it a couple of years ago, but they change every year. And sometimes they're like rated on different things and all that, you know. So um, actually, I did see a thing this week where they've actually done like a biological study of people watching horror movies and checked like their nervous levels, stress levels, all that oh, yeah. stuff, and then rated them accordingly. Now, that was on a video I'd watched. It's not that one. And to be honest, I kind of disagreed with some of the ones so I'll go through Rotten Tomatoes. Are they trying to show 
what happens you or are they trying to no they're trying to just show like they have different factors for what's the scariest is it yes yeah and like your blood pressure stress levels you know all that stuff they measure all that sort of stuff but anyway i'll go through rotten tomatoes because that kind of changes every year too according to like what people are rating and stuff like that you know so the top 10 according to rotten tomatoes scariest movies of all time and number 10 is the 2017 version of it have you seen it yeah yeah yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty scary. scary. So yeah, it's just kind of creepy more than anything. So I kind yeah. of agree with that. And uh, number nine is Insidious. So that's pretty good. Kind of a demony kind of one. No. It's uh, you might have seen clips of it. It's like there's a baby monitor and loads of things keep getting picked up on the baby monitor. I swear to God, oh, I God. see Oh, I've seen. I saw monitor. a clip of it on something Gogglebox <laughs> or something. Yeah, go on. Yeah, it's freaky. And number eight is Sinister, which I actually haven't seen. And on that, um, that other one that I was talking about where they measured stress levels and stuff, Sinister actually came in at number one as the scariest movie. (laughs) So I haven't seen it yet, but I think we might try to give it a go next week. Mm -hmm. So that's Sinister, number eight. Number seven is Halloween, the original Halloween. I Mm -hmm. didn't find it scary, really. No, because the mask is so um, unbelievable and all that. But it is still worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch. It is definitely, yeah. yeah. It's very retro Retro. horror. Mm -hmm. And Jamie Lee six. worth it for Jamie Lee Curtis anyway yes, yeah exactly and she's brilliant isn't it? and number six is The Ring which I haven't mm-hmm. seen I'd say since it originally came out mm-hmm. so 2002 uh, obviously based on the Japanese version of it uh, mm-hmm. where the girl comes through the telly and kills you and all that pretty creepy and number five it's the 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre oh like, that's what I would bad say about that is gory that just bad yeah gory a lot yeah. of gore and Super creepy that gore. way Mm. Number four, The Shining, of course, uh, it's still film. creepy. It is still creepy mm. the way that it's done. It's just mm. unnerving, I think, more than like it being scary, though, mm. for me personally. It's the atmosphere of it, sort of. Yeah. 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 And the twins and like all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, number three, The Isolation. The yeah. yeah conjuring still brilliant we still watch it like once a year mm-hmm. definitely one of my scariest movies um very creepy very well done like i'm mm-hmm. kind of looking forward to a couple more years time to actually show lily for the first time because you mm-hmm. know somebody else's reaction to it it's still a bit too scary now i think i don't think i've Hereditary. ever seen it actually oh it's very good it's on netflix mm-hmm. so you mm-hmm. have loads of opportunities to watch it uh, Hereditary, which is also on Netflix, is uh, very, very scary, very unnerving. It's kind of witchy. Um, mm. So a brilliant watch. A lot of big scares in that. I would definitely God. recommend that one. And number <laughs> one was The Exorcist. Uh, and again, I don't really think The Exorcist is that scary personally, but... Like, I no. get it. For the time and age and all that, yeah. it was terrifying. And, yeah. like, the premise of it is terrifying. Yeah. And you kind of need to appreciate it for what it was, is this mm-hmm. really, you know, mental movie from the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I appreciate it for that. And it's worth the watch. We watched yeah. it about two years ago on Halloween. And it is worth kind of rewatching. It's an it atmospheric thing again as well, I think, what it yeah, is, totally. a lot of it. Um, well, I go. would They're say two here. of the scariest films I ever watched. Well... I thought the Blair Witch was very scary the first time I watched yeah, it to be fair so I, yeah. but now you once you watch it once you don't get the same thing yeah. the second time or yeah. whatever I think with that film but I remember going to the cinema to see that that horror that was um it was a Spanish it was subtitled it was about an orphanage they actually made it oh, they made yeah, an English language version the of orphanage, it no? the orphanage <laughs> yeah but it was called El whatever it was yeah. in Spanish you know and it was so oh my god I <laughs> Sat most of the most of the film literally with my jacket in front of my face. Yeah, like it was 
horrendous. Yeah, see, um, I love horrors, but also hate them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like when we went to see it in the cinema. Like it's something about making years. you feel alive. Like people have done analysis about it. It's about like yeah, the adrenaline. adrenaline. Yeah. yeah. Man. And I think you either love it or hate it. I I'm not big into them. I have to admit, I'm yeah, not big con- into them. The Conjuring is very good. I would yeah. definitely. It's a good story as well. <laughs> the baby just did a big burp. <laughs> um, but That's what I, I think would definitely you're recommend The Conjuring. Definitely yeah. give it a go. You should okay, give it a go I might. Now, I might. I oh, every every Halloween, I'm like, okay, let's watch something scary, and then we, it goes on for five minutes, and I'm like, I need to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell you something to watch though. If people are into like being on the edge of their seat and a stressful watch that's not a horror um, is, you know, Boiling Point, the new TV series of the, uh, following up the film, you know, did we mention it a few weeks ago? Stephen oh, Graham. Oh yeah. Boiling Point, it was out a couple of years ago about a chef. It was like a one shot Oh yes, film. oh yeah. I started it. I actually started mm-hmm. it. Um, oh my God, it's so stressful. <laughs> it's so yeah. stressful. It's such a stressful watch, but it's really, really, really good. So I recommend oh, that yeah, to people. Oh yeah, very good. Really good. Um, okay, Thank you very much, Nicola. Very Enjoy good. scaring the shit out of yourselves this weekend. That's <laughs> all right. Okay. Number three. Three. So our fox this week once said, whatever you're meant to do, do it now. The conditions are always impossible. And her Ooh. name is Doris Lessing. She's the, she was the Nobel Prize winning British novelist, playwright and poet who was born in this week in 1919. A prolific author, Lessing wrote on a wide range of issues, but is best known for her loosely autobiographical 1962 novel, The Golden Notebook, which tackled the inner lives of women who broke out of the social expectation of marriage and home to pursue careers. Lessing received the Nobel Prize for Literature in 2007, becoming the 11th woman and the oldest person to be awarded the prize. Considered daring for for its time, her writing, of, her writing often addressed controversial topics such as European colonialism in Africa, racial division and sexual discrimination and covered genres from autobiography to poetry to science fiction and dystopian writing. The Golden Notebook is structured as a series of multiple notebooks by an author protagonist struggling with writer's block. It touches on women's issues that had rarely been discussed prior to its publication, including menstruation, frigidity and sexual freedom. Time magazine ranked it as one of the 100 best English language novels in modern times. Lessing grew up in the central, sorry, grew up in Central Africa, where she left her Roman Catholic high school before completing her diploma. Her motto as a child, she said, was I will not. (laughs) Although the outspoken Lessing did not consider herself a feminist, the Nobel announcement of her win called her the epicist of the female experience who, with scepticism, fire and visionary power, has subjected a divided civilization to scrutiny. That's pretty epic. During the Nobel presentation speech, she was also described as having personified the woman's role in the 20th century. She passed away in 2013, aged 94. Bless her. So, yeah, interesting character. And one of these women that we like to talk about because they just went on and did what no one else did before them yeah, or no women did before badass, so. I must say. Interesting character. Yeah. Doris Lessing. There you go. Facts of the week. All right. Number four, Nick. Four. Number four. I'm continuing my horror trend. And uh, again, I know I recommended a podcast last week <laughs> when we are a podcast. Maybe we shouldn't do that. But anyway, um, I am going to re- recommend a scary podcast for you this week. Okay. Um, I've been enjoying it the last week. It's kind of it's a few years old, but it's a BBC podcast. About oh, the, the, 
Power Station and Battersea. Yeah, I listened yeah, to it yeah. a few years ago. It's pretty good. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is pretty good. I'm enjoying it. Um, mm-hmm. It's like if you just want like a little bit of a scare without it being too intense, then mm. I definitely give it a go. But the guy who's actually made that, that Danny Robbins, just mm-hmm. in other unrelated things, he has an- another one as well, another um, podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, that's come out recently, and it's all about people telling their stories as well. So he made the Battersea podcast because sorry, the Battersea Poltergeist, and because he's gotten so much like feedback and stuff, and that he started a new podcast called Uncanny, and mm-hmm. Uncanny is way scarier than the Battersea Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. It's about people. Have you heard about this one? It's BBC Four as well. But uh, it's people writing in their personal stories of spooky things that have happened to them. And he interviews them. And then they try to find an explanation for it. But one of the the episodes, the first one, is this guy who was in like a, not boarding school, he was in university in Queens, I think, in Belfast. And it was like his apartment block that he stayed in and all the creepy stuff that happened in it. It's so well done. It's so creepy. Really? So if you want more of a scary podcast, mm-hmm. Uncanny. So it's... Uh, Uncanny. Like I said, it's the same guy, Danny Robbins, and uh, it's still BBC, but it's really good. So uncanny and it's all different stories and they follow up on some of the stories as the kind of the time goes on with the last like for kind of witnesses and stuff. And it's really good. It's all kind of trying to debunk is horror thing is your ghosts a thing or UFOs a thing like all this kind of stuff. So it's very well done. Um, and it's not the TV segment, but they actually have made those some of those episodes into a documentary that's on BBC as well at the moment. And apparently it's absolutely terrifying. I don't know if I saw one of them, the, the caught one of them at the end when I came in last night. I need to look him up. Yeah. Is it kind of little floppy brown hair? Yeah. Is that him? Yeah, I saw the end of it last night. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Stuart were kind of slagging him off, actually, because we were like... <laughs> We were like, he's like a cross between Brian Cox. He's you know, very Brian like Cox, Brian Cox. Brian yeah. Cox, who, you know, so an, yeah. like there's a 90s indie vibe off him. Yeah. And I was like, but he's definitely been... But some of the episodes a... are meant to be terrifying of yeah. it. And I was like, what is the shtick here? Is he like a skeptic and he's like <laughs> trying to disprove things? Or is he just like trying to bring us all over to the believing side or whatever? Yeah. I, I I literally saw the last five minutes and he's like really animated talking about this thing. And I was like, oh God, what's going on? And my first comment was actually, he must be on the radio because he's got a real radio voice, you know. But but then Stuart was like, oh no, no, he does the podcast, you know. And I was like, oh yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But apparently (laughs) the first one was really, really scary, whatever it I mean, he's enthusiastic. I'll give him that much, you know. Yeah, (laughs) so there you go. Anyway, more scary stuff for anybody. We love it. We love it. We love it. Okay, thank you for that. So that's the Battersea Poltergeist and Uncanny. They're both BBC podcasts, yeah. Yeah, and Spotify or wherever you listen to our podcast then. (laughs) Uh Exactly. Number five. Five. Okay, so I know the biggest story in music this week was... No, well, yeah, Britney's memoir, but we talked about that a bit last week. So yeah, Britney, which I'm dying to listen to, but I've managed to like hold off until I finish the book I'm on. Um, But... No, I was going to say the Beatles' new song that's coming out next week, what? the final Beatles it. song. I didn't hear that. So basically they found this tape that had some of John Lennon singing this song on it. And oh. essentially Paul and Ringo got back together and did Sorry. their bits for it. So they've 
they're going to release it next week. Um, it's called Now Me, and Then. Very excited about it, sorry. <laughs> so that is a big, um, that is huge news, obviously. But the other thing I was like, but but in bigger news, there is a potential that Girls Aloud are getting back together. <laughs> so I wanted to tell you about that. Oh, I didn't know that. That's good news. So, That's well, funny. no, this is like conspiracy theory stuff. So uh, despite the members announcing it was for good when they disbanded in 2013, fans have spotted some clues that may suggest that Cheryl Nadine Coyle Kimberly Watch and Nicola Roberts might be going back on that promise. Uh, the group sadly lost Sarah Harding, one of its core members, to breast cancer in September 21. And in her legacy, the Girls Allowed women have come together on a number of occasions to raise awareness and funds for breast cancer research. Now, some sleuthing followers are speculating that Girls Allowed are about to reunite in some way as they observantly noticed that a new company called Let's Go Eskimo was recently registered in the company's house and people are convinced it's owned by the four women. The name, fans of the band, the band will quickly know is a line in their hit single Love Machine which was released back in the height of the band's popularity and fame the London based company Let's Go Eskimo Productions LLP has been registered as active on Company's House since September 30th and has four unnamed registered officers further adding to the speculation of a reunion another clue that may point to modern day girls allowed is that the companies in Let's Go Eskimo are Cinderella's Eyes the name of Nicola Nicola's solo album and CC Entertainment which fans are guessing oh. was named when Cheryl was married to Ashley Cole the remaining two companies are listed as all that Jazz Entertainment Limited and Black Pen Limited however all four companies were registered years prior to Let's Go Eskimo the clue was first noticed by an ex-user who wrote Girls Allowed are coming on 30th September blah 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 blah. Uh, however the users then correct themselves saying okay the four parent companies aren't new but Let's Go Eskimo definitely is I don't think there is a millennial out there who won't be thrilled to see the band back together while keeping Sarah Harding's legacy alive I would love that they're yeah. my favourite girl band I have to say yeah I love them love there's them. so many catchy numbers I'd love so to see so catchy oh my god they'd be great again. yeah love yeah. it love it love it so there you go I feel like I think any band now is kind of mad not to, you know, tour again. Obviously, there's a big, there's loads of talk about NSYNC touring again. Yeah. Now as well. After Trolls. We went to see it last weekend. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was good, yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah, even me, like, I wouldn't have been a big boy band fan ever, but I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, it was great, good. Craig. It's really oh, good fun. Good. And they don't just do, like, the the massive boy bands. It's not, like, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. They've got, like, New Kids on the Block. They've got, like, oh, Boys to Men. They've got, like, even... Go, nice. It goes back even further. I think, I'm pretty sure there's, like, a, a Jackson 5. You know, there's okay. loads, yeah. loads of boy band references in it. Um, so it's great. It's great. I really enjoyed it. The kids loved it as well. Yeah, it was brilliant. Oh, good. Oh, it I was funny, though. <laughs> we went with the kids and we brought one of Estelle's friends and um, we went in and I was like, right, I'm getting popcorn. So I got this massive popcorn and I came in and um, I went to sit down and Effie kicked the popcorn. Oh, no. So <laughs> it went fucking everywhere. Oh, I felt so, felt so bad at the end. I just came down to the cleaner guy and I said, I'm so sorry. We have destroyed the back row. <laughs> oh, no. Bless you. He was like, eh, it's okay. It happens all the time. So I was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so that was that. So, yep. So, yes, I will hopefully do a scary move over the weekend. I have a bit of a head cold, as you can probably hear. I've been coughing and spluttering. So I'm going to maybe just try and take it easy. Maybe don't do anything this afternoon. Um, so that's the crack. You and also the other news this week was I got called for jury duty. I'll oh, tell you that. Again. Yeah, you put it off there a few weeks ago when I was. Yeah, back again. Because you were on holidays. So yeah. already back again. When back on the 5th of December, I was like, oh my God, I hope oh. it's like a murder. I love, I'll have to miss Christmas if it's <laughs> something oh terrible. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's kind of exciting slash scary mightn't even be called in like you have to kind of turn up and they they sometimes they take you and sometimes they don't 
that's it yeah so they'd be like I don't like the cut of her jib she's not coming in um, trying to look as dodgy <laughs> as possible <laughs> yeah yeah um, so that's the crack yep so uh, alright we'll be back again next week ho- hopefully all being well and uh, in the meantime have a great Halloween everybody and yeah take care of yourselves and Happy each Halloween. other mm, love you all bye, bye. Thank you.